Uh, we are continuing on the teaching that our presiding bishop started last week, the hope of the cross. We are still on the same theme, but I'm going to be talking about a living hope, a living hope. As we focus on the hope of the cross, we are saying the hope that the cross is giving, it is not a death hope, hallelujah, because the cross was a place of crucifixion, was a place of humiliation. The cross, the cross was a place in which when people were looking at it, it was a scandalous place, but God uses this cross in order to give us hope in such a time as this. First Peter chapter 1 verse 3 in the New International Version, it says, Praise be to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us a new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. In the New Living uh, translation, it says, praise be to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is by this great, by his great mercy that he has, that we have been born again because, because God raised Jesus from the dead. Now we live with great expectation. May the Lord bless the reading of the word. You, you, you know, I like how Peter, the apostle, starts this verse when he talks to us in verse 3. He says, all praise, all praise. When he looked at what God has done for us, he was full of praise. I know it is tough time under COVID-19 where circumstances around us are not praiseworthy. They are not praiseworthy. They are not circumstances that are inducing joy. They are circumstances that are inducing hopelessness and helplessness in many people. But we have to be people who dig deep in the inside of us and say, when we look at the cross as we approach, as we approach Good Friday, we are reminded about the resilience of our faith that Jesus was crucified, but he did not remain there on the cross and die there on the cross. The Bible tells us through his death and resurrection, we are given a living hope that God looks at something that is negative, death, in order to give life through the death of Christ. Christ died on the cross. He died for our sins. He died for our sickness and diseases. He died for us to be reconciled to God. He died for us in our hopelessness and helplessness and powerlessness under the dominion, the power, the control of sin. Are you there? But what happens is through the same death, he gives us a hope that makes us to live. Live in this life victorious. Live in this life with hope. Live in this life with a sense of identity, of knowing that you are a child of God, that heaven is behind you, that as you live in this life you're not on your own God has given you a new life that you have to live and you don't have to be there and be helpless and helpless and be in despair you must live with a sense of hope now I like this scripture it says we live with a sense of hope because God raised Jesus from the death from from dead from the dead you see we must not be dead people walking when we are alive because we have given up on our hope. We must not be dead people walking because circumstances around us are full of negativity. Just because you are alive, you must look at yourself as a survivor. 
You must look at yourself as somebody who has a resilient spirit from God. You've got the resurrection power of the life of God that came through the cross in order that when you leave, you live as a human being with a hope that is alive, alive to God's possibility, alive to a new life that comes through the cross. Because when we are in Christ, we are reminded as the children of God that through the cross, we are given a new life. We are given a new life. God changes us from our sins, from our broken natures, through sin, through rejection, through us being separated from God. And he gives us a new life, a new life, a renewed life, a life as God wants us to have it, a life as God has planned for us, minus sin. I like what Samuel Smiles said. Samuel Smiles said, hope is the companion of power. And the mother of success. For whoso hopes strongly has within him the gift of miracles. When you have hope, you attract God's power. God's power to be in a position to control your circumstances and never become a victim of your circumstances. That even in the midst of COVID-19, you are not just struggling to survive and survive COVID-19. You pursue your plans. You pursue the blessings of God. You pursue the mission of God. You do the things that you are supposed to be doing. The only different thing is that the conditions are different. There is lockdown, but the dream is not locked down because the dream is alive in the inside of you. The vision is alive in the inside of you. Even under lockdown, God still answers prayer. God still does things that we pray for as his children. It is a companion of power. When you are hopeless, then subsequently, consequently, you become powerless. Don't give up on your hope in what God has promised to you. God says, this is a great expectation. Even in the midst of COVID-19, God has great expectations about your life. It is a mother. Hope is the mother of success. When there is hope, I'm telling you, you don't want to remain where you are as a failure. You, 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 you're pushing your head up. You're pushing your faith up. You want to live and succeed and do the things you are bound to do. For he says, for who so hopes strongly has within him the gift of miracles. When you have hope, you don't give up on the promises of God's word. That God is still on the throne, even under God COVID-19. God is still alive. God is still a provider. God is still a defender. God is still our advocate. God is still our hope. God is still our hiding place. God is still our resource. God is our champion. Whoever touches us touches God because we are the apple of God's eye. So miracles are possible for you even in times such like this. God can release his power to work in your favor. So don't give up on your hope. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I love our God. I like what F.B. Mayer said. F.B. Mayer said, when we are born again, a new life, the life of God, is put in us by the Holy Spirit. God gives you a life that is new in order to give you new possibility and give you a new beginning. I'm telling you, in COVID-19, God is giving you a new beginning in your life. A, a new way of praying. A new way of dreaming. A new way of envisioning. A new way of exercising faith. A new way of being 
of really understanding who you are as a child of God. A new way of interpreting the word of God. That though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, surely, surely, goodness and mercy will follow you all the days of your life. Hallelujah. When you are born again, you are reminded that you have been forgiven from all your historical sins. That your future is a better future. That God has given a perfect sacrifice to deal with your sin problems. Someone said, God's forgiveness is a door to a new beginning. You have been forgiven. You don't have to condemn yourself. You don't have to undermine yourself. You don't have to scandalize yourself. You don't have to underappreciate what God has appreciated. You are valuable and precious before God. You are wonderfully made. Jesus came just to die for you, to show you that you are valuable before God, that he has a future for you. He has a purpose for you. He has made a provision for you. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, being born again because of this hope that comes through the cross make us to be reconciled to God. That God is no longer at a distance. That we walk in his presence. That our body is the temple of the living hole, of the living God. Imagine your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. God has chosen to tabernacle in you. Maybe life has been too stressful to you. When people look at you, you are like a mukuku. Even when you are like a mukuku because life has been rough with you. But more than anything, you have the renewing power of God in the inside of you. What people undermine on the outside, in the inside, God is renewing it. It will improve what people see as a shack outside. It will be a beautiful house that the Lord has chosen to tabernacle in the inside of you. You are reconciled to God. When you pray, he hears your prayer. When you call on him, he's your father. He's your daddy. He favors you. When you call on him, he makes a way for you where there is no way. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Someone said, you are not who people think you are. You are what God says you are. You are a child of God. Sometimes people have stereotypical ideas about us. They judge us according to our background. They judge us according to the car we drive. They judge us according to the career we have. Career is not you. Material things are not you. Your parents are not you. You are the child of the Most High God. People are moved by what they see. God is moved by what they don't see. He moves about the future that he has prepared for you. He says, I know the plans I have for you. Plans not to frustrate you. Plans not to hurt you. Plans not to harm you. But plans to protect you, to, to bless you and to prosper you. Don't allow people to undermine you. And you look at what people are saying and you get discouraged. Oh, you are a child of the most high God. Uh, appreciate what God appreciates about you. Hallelujah, hallelujah. For you are the child of the most high God. You must live as a person who is alive. Alive to a living hope that God has for you. In this living hope, hey, God says you must live with great expectation. Have great expectations about the blessings of God for your life. Have great blessing expectations about the values that God has set for you. Have great expectation according to the promises that God has made in his word just for you. 
Don't just live as a person who undermines themselves, who think low of themselves, who always thinks that the worst will happen. Have great expectation about your character, that maybe now you are not where you are supposed to be. Maybe you have hurt people. That is your history. You have hurt them in the past, but God has started a new thing to change you and your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will help you to develop fruit, that you will be patient, that you will be loving, that you will be kind, that you will be merciful to the surprise of those who written you off as somebody who's ruthless, who's a, who, who, who's a no good as a person. But the Holy Spirit can change your character. You can be Christ-like. You can have compassion. You can have humility. You can have integrity. Have great expectation to be a success. To be effective in line with your giftedness. You are gifted. You are skilled. Have great expectations that your gifts will make room for you. That you will not always remain as an underdog, obscure. Your gifts will make you to be visible as a blessing. Hallelujah. Have great expectation about your potential. Oh, you must go. And discover even the things you don't even know that you have in the inside of you. It is circumstances like these under COVID-19 that reflects how strong you are, how creative you are, how resilient you are as a child of God. You've got too much potential. You've got too much potential. Hallelujah. Have great expectation about your knowledge, your calling and your vocation. You can know more than what you know now. You can know more. There's no need to remain ignorant and irrelevant when there's so much access to knowledge. You can know more about your calling and do great exploits as a child of God. Don't limit yourself. Have great expectation about yourself. Don't limit yourself as a youth in terms of your background, as a woman in terms of your background. Sometimes there are ceilings that are set for us, maybe according to our racial orientation, but it's about time we break the boundaries and, and break the barriers and push it and push it and until we achieve the things we are meant to achieve in our calling and in our potential. You can experience real growth in terms of maturity. You can be more mature than what you are now. You can be more responsible. You can control things that used to control you. You can exercise self-discipline. You can have self-leadership. You can lead yourself out of frustration than drink yourself into frustration. You can control your emotions that are melting down and say, why are you so discouraged, my soul? Put your hope in God. You can manage your emotions that are making you to be confused. You can manage relationships that are out of control. You can resist the pressures that are unholy from those relationships. You can become strong and stick on your conviction. 
and say, I'm not going to disappoint my God. I'm not going to violate my integrity. I'm going to succeed, but I'm not going to cut corners. I'm a child of God. I will stick up with the word of God. I will do what the Bible say I must do. I will love where I'm expected to love. I will forgive where I'm expected to forgive. I will thrive without apology where God wants me to thrive. You are a child of God. I will lead where I'm meant to lead and never become a follower where I'm meant to be a leader. Hallelujah. You can live a better life, a healthy life, a peaceful life. You can live in prosperity both in the community and in your home. Hallelujah. You can have a great life that has huge impact. That contributes to the improvement of the well-being of other people. You must not be a cause of commotion anywhere you are. You must be a cause of restoration. You must be a cause of encouragement. You must be a cause of love. You must not increase people's pains and stresses. Rather, you must be the one who helps them to love themselves as God wants them to love themselves. You must not be somebody who diminishes people's dignity. You must be somebody who makes people to put their shoulders high and do the things that are impossible because you are there. Hallelujah. You must create wellness and wholeness wherever you are. People are dealing with a lot of things. They don't want you to add on their burdens. Be a burden breaker. Be a burden remover. Promote freedom and liberty and health wherever you are. Speak words of health, not words of destruction. I like what Christine Kahn said. Christine Kahn says, life is too short. And we know under these circumstances it is too short. You talk to people tomorrow, they are not there. Life is too short. The world is too big. God's love is too great to live ordinary you can remain shallow when God wants you to be deep you can remain weak and play humility that is false humility when God wants you to be courageous and God wants you to be strong to have courageous conversations when it is required to make courageous decisions when you are required to as a child of God. The other thing is, you receive God's eternal life. This expectation gives you God's eternal life. When you have eternal life, is when you live as God has promised you. That you are not just living to dodge death. You are not afraid of death. Should you die? When you die, you will continue to live in the presence of God. But that should not just be the focus of your life. That is why we must not be a society that only works to buy burial products. When we are not living a great life, we are preparing for, for a stellar funeral. When we are not living a stellar life, when we are not having a stellar career, when we are not having a stellar home, when we are not having a stellar health, when we are not having a stellar community. 
2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 8. It says, we are not afraid, but are quite content to die. Then we will be at home with the Lord. We are preparing ourselves to die after we've fulfilled our mission. So that when we die, they say, it is finished. And you have to be convinced and satisfied with yourself and say, I have run my race. I did not dodge my family race. I did not dodge my career race. I did not dodge my community responsibility. I was a responsible citizen. I ran my race. Now what is waiting for me, it is the crown of righteousness. Because I ran, I ran righteously. I ran in integrity. I ran in hope. I ran to add substance and value amongst people. And I kept the faith. I did not deny the faith. I identified with Christ. Christ of the poor. Christ of the weak. Christ of the, of the, of the persecuted. Christ of the hopeless. Christ of the marginalized. Christ of the Bible. Not Christ of ideology. Not Christ of those who want to perpetrate their agenda while they are pushing injustice. Christ who said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me, not for self-elevation, but self-humiliation. That I must become a servant of all. He says, the son of man did not come to be saved, but he came to serve and to seek and save those who are lost. We must live with expectation to live to the fullness of experiencing the blessings and the abundance of God, both spiritually and materially, that we may be a blessing to others. I like what Rick Warren wrote, and he said, in God's garden of grace, even the broken tree can bear fruit. In your brokenness, don't shy away from being used by God. Because sometimes we want to fix things that God allows to be there. In order that we may know how to be compassionate. When he sent Moses, he didn't heal him from being a stutterer. Because sometimes we are leaders who have too much power. Who hide our weaknesses. Paul says, I prayed many times, God, take away this weakness. He says, my grace is sufficient for you. Sometimes we get so blessed that we forget the grace of God. We can sympathize with others who are struggling. We are judgmental. We are, we are insensitive. We have forgotten the grace. We forgot where we come from. Sometimes pain is increased by those who don't understand pain. Sometimes we speak reckless things amongst the poor because we are working. We have not been retrenched. You don't know what it is not to be employable. You have the luxury of being judgmental because you have forgotten the grace of God. God has given us too much grace in order to, for us to be gracious, to be merciful, to be kind. In this world where people are only self-orientated, Application. Then we round up. Application. Then we round up. When you look into the Bible, this hope emboldens you to pursue God's purpose in a way 
that God through the Holy Spirit make you to be free, not to be a slave of the flesh, to be controlled by wrong desires and sinful habits. Francis Kahn says, God will ensure my success in accordance with his plan and not mine. God gives you money, but he wants you to be a good steward. Stewardship is not about, I'll have this money, but I will use it for self-indulgence. God gives you power, but it is not to abuse it and misuse it. It is power to purpose, power to renew, to restore, and create life and hope. Power to make a difference, not power over to dominate. Power for service. And all of us have power. What must you do with this offer of a living hope that God gives to you through the cross? What must you do? Romans 5 verse 5 says, And this hope will not lead you to disappointment. For we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill us with his love. God's hope does not disappoint. God cannot give you a hope that will wreck your life. Joyce Meyer said, put your expectation on God and not on people. And sometimes our problems is we put our faith on human beings like us than put our faith in God who never changes his mind. Number one, welcome God's offer of a living hope or great expectation. Don't resist it. 2 Corinthians 1.20 says, For all of God's promises have been fulfilled in Christ. With a resounding yes, through Christ, our amen and yes ascends to God for his glory. God is saying yes to you where he has made provision. And don't make no to yourself. Number two, look at your life through God's expectation. Don't look at your life through the eyes of your haters. Don't look at your life through the eyes of your failure. Don't look at your life through your, the eyes of your historical background. Psalm 62, verse 5 and 6, it says, My soul... You know, sometimes we must learn to have our own personal conversations. Speak to yourself. My soul... Wait silently for God alone. For my expectation is from him. Why? Verse 6. He is only my rock. My salvation and my defense. And I shall not be moved. God uses leaders. God uses people to help you. But they are not saviors. He's the savior. Number three. And we round it up there. Plan and set goals and organize yourself according to God's great expectations. If you know the expectations of God, make them your goals. Organize yourself according to God's great expectation. Psalms 5 verse 3 reads as follows. The psalmist says, In the morning, O Lord, when I look at my life and I reconfigure my day, 
Oh Lord, you hear my voice. Before you speak to people, you must speak to God. Reorganize your life. Hear what God says. Before the naysayers discourage you. Before they plant a discouragement in you. He says, I, you hear my voice. I lay my requests before you and wait in expectations. Someone said, never measure God's unlimited power according to your limited expectations. That is why you must plan the way God has promised us as human beings. You need to plan. Don't just come with ideas that are limited. That are a product of misinformation and miseducation. Get into the word for yourself. And stop limiting God. Stop limiting the Holy One. Stop living in unbelief and doubt. My last point. Align your thoughts and your expectation to work towards your great expectations. Align your thoughts. They are your thoughts. You must reign over them. You must rule over them. You must rearrange them. Your actions to work towards your great expectation. Psalms, uh, Philippians 1.20 reads, According to my earnest expectation, I shall, uh, according to my earnest expectation and hope, that in nothing I shall be ashamed, but with all boldness, as always, so now also Christ will be magnified in my body, whether I, by life or by death. Paul embraced a life where he expected to live with boldness, unashamed, according to the hope that God has given to him. Susan Taylor says, thoughts have power. Thoughts are energy. And you can make your world or you can break it by your own thinking. Many people are wrecking their lives with negativity when God is blessing them. When God has opened a powerful future for them, they are attacking themselves. They are condemning themselves when God is granting them hope. My sister, my brother, embrace the living hope that comes through the cross as we pray. Father, we thank you for the living hope, the hope that does not disappoint, that comes through the cross. We thank you and we bless you for it, O oh God. And to those who have not received Jesus Christ this morning, you don't have to leave disgruntled, discouraged, thinking that God does not love you. He sent Jesus who died on the cross in order to give you a living hope. Maybe you are not living half the life that God wants you to live. But today I invite you to welcome Jesus in your life as your Lord and your Savior and say, King Jesus, come into my life. And if you want to, to do that, just say this prayer with me. Say, Heavenly Father, I invite Jesus into my life, my living hope that you have provided and I thank you 
that he's my savior in Jesus name amen we're also going to be praying for you where you are and also praying for the nation father in the name of Jesus we pray for your people oh God people who are dealing with struggles oh God struggles of COVID-19 unemployment retrenchments oh God economic challenges oh God family challenges oh God we pray that be gracious upon them in the name of Jesus we pray for the students oh God who are struggling with registration fees we pray at this time that oh God help us as a people that we may know how not to kill a vision of young people who are a future who want to do something with their lives to come and plow back into the community help us to do everything in our power, working together as a society to help them, oh God. We pray for our government, we pray for our leaders, oh God. As they're leading in tough times like this, help them to be visionary leaders. Help them to be courageous leaders. Help them to do the right things at all times. Help them to lead, oh God, the way leaders need to lead under such extraordinary circumstances. We pray for the God in the name of Jesus, asking for your mercy and your compassion that justice should prevail in everything that we do. In Jesus' name, we thank you, we bless you. Hallelujah, hallelujah.